Welcome to the midweek Mission Ridge podcast known as Footnotes. Footnotes is here to give you some of the stuff that we didn't have time to cover in the sermon and encourage you to dig in deeper as you study the text. So let's dive in and check out what's in the footnotes. Welcome to another episode of Footnotes. Glad to have you with us on the podcast this week. Rob drinking his beverage. Hello. Ice decaf with oat milk. Mm. Mm, which apparently sounds like a joke to Jen, or it I, could be. I, I thought you guys were punking me because I was like, there's no way either one of them would drink oat milk. I was wrong. It's actually quite tasty. That's what I've been told. It, it's, it, it tastes like a brevet, but doesn't have all the calories. There you go. Jen's also on the podcast, in case you haven't figured that out. And I'm here, Logan. That's it. It's your regular crew. And one of these days, we're going to get somebody else on here, and it's going to be mind-blowing. <laughs> Kyle, come back. Mind blown. It's just going to maybe I won't even introduce it. People will be like, who's that new voice? It'll be crazy. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, oat milk. Yeah, I I don't do I don't do milk in my coffee most of the time. If right. I am, I do like whole cream. Like let's go let's go hard in the paint. Mm-hmm. Uh but uh yeah, there you go. Yeah. I like the so Dairy Gold French Vanilla Creamer. Okay. It has four ingredients. Boom. Simple uh, and sweet. I like coffee. I had somebody yesterday, and I almost texted you, mm. was singing the praises of McDonald's $1 coffee and well, how much she loved it for a dollar. And I was like, huh, you're not the first person that's told me McDonald's coffee is pretty good. I mean, let's clarify. Okay, now you're changing your story. No, no, let's just clarify this. I will drink it. I have no problem drinking it. I also have no problem drinking absolute garbage Mississippi mud coffee. Yeah. The standards of which I will drink coffee are really low. So I'm not going to say that McDonald's is good. Like, there's right. good coffee, and then there's the rest of the coffee in the world in which I will drink. Right. You All know. Right. So, the Americano that I had today from Big Coffee or Big Creek Roasters or whatever the, the new the new oh, one on, yeah, on Russell, Russell there. How was that? Uh, it's very tasty. It okay. was a good Americano. That was very very good. There was no cream, no oat milk, no almond milk, no nothing in it. Just coffee. Mm. Mm. She topped it off with a little water. All right. Just because it was a little a little short. And I was like, yeah, go ahead and top that off. That'll be great. Right. Because an Americano is usually. Yeah, yeah exactly. It was mm, shots delicious. <laughs> Three shots in it. Wow. Mm, feeling good. Feeling good. So anyway, that's uh, we, we didn't have any shortcomings. So we just decided we'd talk about coffee, apparently. Uh, coffee well. is delicious. How do we? Oh, Rob. Rob went <sighs> into the oh, mic. Milk. That's right. Okay. Now I remember how we got here. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> well, let us dive into the footnotey good. Nope, nope. No, we're not diving in yet. Hold <laughs> hold that. Hold that thought. Have, Jen has something. Have you ever noticed Rob does something like that where he makes a weird sound and then it derails us for like five minutes and he's completely silent. <laughs> and then <laughs> we're going back and forth. And then... We start and he's footnote. over there, like looking up stuff on his computer, like actually getting ready for footnotes. He's like and- buffering. I-, I think he does that just to give himself some buffer time. That's Maybe. possible. <laughs> okay, uh, I have noticed that before. That could be. He also just enjoys sowing a little chaos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
That's yeah, there it is. There it is. Yeah. That's, that's your fun. that's your Robbie Croyle. All right. Can we dive in now? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's do dive that. straight into the footnote. Well, not straight in, but you know we're gonna get there eventually. Into the footnote. Right between goodness. the toes. Oh. Oh. <laughs> it wasn't me this time. That was. That's weird. Super dope. That's, mm, that's you do it. That you one's got- weird, Jen. <laughs> I like it. Okay, cool. <laughs> Let's talk about we we have some fantastic discussion day today planned. Uh, we'll see if it turns out fantastic. But you know, just to throw the term fantastic out there, it's been a minute. Just to see, it's been a minute. Mm. Been a minute. Uh, we're talking about Gnosticism. Plenty of Gnosticism talking today. All the Gnostic. Nah. Uh, hopefully, it's not obnostic. Oh, oh, there Jesus. it is. <laughs> Wow. Oh, that was... Ah, I feel so good about that. Let's talk about some other New Testament I'm teachings. I'm not sure I... <laughs> I feel like I need you to just get out. Just leave. <laughs> just go. Apparently it was agnostic. <laughs> I have no Gnostic of what that was. <laughs> oh. Oh, you know. <clears throat> All right. So, n- other New Testament teachings about Gnostics. Apparently, this is the thing. Enlighten me, Rob. Share so, what you Gnostic. In, in, in my research, uh, so the churches that Paul's writing to um, are not the only churches that are dealing with Gnosticism. Uh, Paul addresses Gnosticism in his book to the Corinthians, uh, to Timothy, um, to the Colossian church. And so the, um, and first Timothy one, certain 18, this I command, this command I entrust you, Timothy, my son, in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you fight the good fight, keeping faith and good conscience, which some have rejected and suffered shipwreck in regard to the faith. Among them are, Hymenius and Alexander, whom I have handed over to Satan, so that they will be taught not to blessing. Hmm. And it's uh, apparently those two gentlemen are Gnostics, according okay. to the early church fathers. Uh, well, Hymenius and um, uh, Philetus is, is what this note says, so I'm not sure about... Uh, Alexander. Um, but First Corinthians, um, here's a note from from a commentator. These people claim that because of their possession of special knowledge, they were released from normal rules of society, and they claim to be living an elevated spiritual existence even in their present material state. For them, the resurrection was already a past event because they understood it spiritually, as did many Gnostics. And like uh, other Gnostics, they laid considerable emphasis on the supposed magical properties of the Christian sacraments. Uh, supposed magical properties on the Christian sacraments, so like communion, communion, hmm. communion, communion, baptism, is somehow magical. Yeah. Oh, that sounds. We'll get to that later. <laughs> Yeah, that triggered like, something in my brain. Mine too. My, probably the same thing. Yeah, <clears throat> I know some. I know some people who think such a thing. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. 
So Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 15, uh, talking about Christ, it says, He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Like, he's, the Apostle Paul is just... Just railing on it. Railing on, you know, th- there's 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 no sub-deities. Mm-hmm. You know, cr- you know this, was, this was created by the highest being. Um, he's also the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. Pursue the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness that dwell in him, and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. Hmm. And so John is not the only one addressing Gnosticism in the scriptures. All right. I just thought that was interesting. That is interesting. Hmm. <clears throat> So back with that that previous not not this last passage you read but the one before it with the the supposed magical properties but slightly before that it seemed like they were so they're really banking on this the resurrection is is something that's already happened it's in the past when when they're saying that they're talking about their resurrection yeah and so because Christ's resurrection had happened mm-hmm. like that that would be in the past Right. They're saying that when they received Christ, they were resurrected. And this has already happened because it's a spiritual resurrection. It's a spiritual resurrection, and so their spirit has been resurrected, and it's in the heavenlies. And what happens in the physical body don't matter. matter. And that's Mm. why maybe you would sleep with your father's wife if you're in the Corinthian town, gotcha. They're they're using this as their past because because they've been removed and and spiritually resurrected. Whatever happens in the flesh doesn't matter. Right. Gotcha. Right. Well, there you go. And Paul's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> so they hold up. Wait a minute. Look at me trying to get away with my sin. <laughs> wow. Uh, for those of you who are <coughs> listening to this podcast, uh, Logan had a small heart attack as his chair gave way. Decided it would go recliner mode. Yeah, yeah. He, he leaned back a little bit and then a whole bunch. It happens every once in a while. And his eyes got like six inches wide. Cartoon style <laughs> wide, yeah. That's what happens. He was in mid-cough, too, and it, like, scared the cough out of him. (laughs) (laughs) Well. It had no gusto to it, so. (laughs) All righty, then. Well. On to the next subject. Moving right along. Let's let's dive into it. You've got a delightful coat. A qu- coat? Coat? I speak good. Easy for me to say. Quote from a guy named Carson? Yeah, so D.A. Carson. Uh, D.A. Carson. District Attorney Carson. <laughs> D period. A period. 
district attorney. Still works. <laughs> Still works. <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted to make sure we we're clear on this. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, yeah, so D- District Attorney Carson, <laughs> we'll just run oh, with that. Jeez. Uh, he wrote a co- commentary on the New Testament use of the Old Testament. And it's a commentary that I will refer to quite a bit. I like this commentary because he's always asking the question, all right, these uh, when people read this New Testament passage, what Old Testament passages are they thinking about? What, what kind of references? Is, it's kind of like a... Uh, a meme in pop culture, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. You, know, um, you see a meme, and it's it's funny, maybe. It's 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 funny, kinda, until you know the storyline, and then it's really funny. <laughs> oh, if you knew the storyline there. Um, and why I'm laughing? That that would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> now I gotta leave these noises in there so they have context. <laughs> oh my gosh! Logan can't help himself. So, uh, D. A. Carson wrote this: the most striking feature relevant to our subject in these epistles, these letters by John, is the absence of not only of Old Testament quotations, but even of many unambiguous allusions to the Old Testament. And there's, and and he wrote that 20 years before writing this commentary. Hmm. And he said, you know, I had to kind of reevaluate, but there's only three things that he can, or two things that he could see that um, are clear allusions back to the Old Testament. Uh, The first is that John mentions Cain. So that's an Old Testament Obvious. illusion. Yep. And then he seems to refer to Isaiah six ten, uh, where the uh, where people will be deaf and, and people will be blind. They'll be mm. they won't care to to look to see to hear to understand uh, what God's trying to say to them. So uh, instead, John chooses to refer to his own gospel. Yep. Uh, I talked about that in, in my sermon, uh, in, in this upcoming sermon, uh, plenty of the Gospel of John, chapter one, references. Yep. Uh, you asked the question, what does this, what does he mean by this? I'm like, well, let's go back and look at John chapter one, because that's where it gets defined. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, that's where John first introduces the idea, and he does. So in greater detail, and there's going to be a number, like John's going to talk about the Holy Spirit more than any of the other gospel writers and the role of the, gospel, of the Holy Spirit, and he will make reference to that uh, in this letter. Hmm. Um, he's going to talk about the child of us being a child of God. He's the only gospel writer to present that. Uh, He's going to talk about um, God being a father. Um, He talks about God being a father 
in ways that none of the other gospel writers talk about. We'll talk about that in a couple weeks. Um, so he's going to use his gospel as a source document instead of referring back to either Genesis or Isaiah or or the Psalms or one of the other prophets or 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 even one of the other stories. Um, he's going to refer to his own writings more so than than to the Old Testament. Which is unique. Mm-hmm. Unique. I like it. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Little teaser there for uh upcoming weeks. I, yeah. I I I think this also so when I when I think about why would he do that? Um, I think in terms of uh, the level of intimacy that John had with his audiences. Sure. To where Paul sometimes is writing to to people he has not met Mm face-to-face, and he is writing to people that he knows come from the Jewish community, and so he he is bringing, he's using language that they will understand, that they'll recognize, um... And so those letters um, have a different intent. Um, and I think this gospel that John writes is written to um, to the Asia Minor more so than the other gospels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he's introducing concepts there that um, are much more Greek and and. In some fashion, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's still a Roman, Jewish, Greek, Oriental mixture. Uh, it's a, it's a hodgepodge of, of thoughts and beliefs within that region. But um, because of the level of intimacy he has with the folks, and and he's been sharing these messages with them for years, then he could draw on that. Sure. Right. That makes sense. But that's it's an interesting that part of the that section of his commentary is pretty short. All right. Hmm. He doesn't refer to anything in chapter one. Uh has something to say to first John two eleven, two eighteen, two twenty seven. Three twelve. I'm like, like we're talking one verse at a time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Little bits here and there, but not, not a whole lot of referencing back. And then the biography or bibliography. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So that's like the, that's the sum total of, of verses. Wow. Hmm. Out of first, second, and third John, where there's a tie back to the Old Testament. Cool. Cool, cool. Well, let's dive back into our Gnosticism. Let's let us let us discuss. Now, earlier we had the same. I'm guessing it's the same thought, talking about the magical sacrificial, mm-hmm. the mag- magical sacraments. Uh, we. Uh, I'm guessing that you were thinking. 
Catholic? Yeah. yeah. Same here. The uh, So in the Catholic, if I remember correctly, in the Catholic Church, when you take communion, uh, it is their thought that when you... Like, is it when the wafer hits your tongue or like you're actually taking the flesh, like it becomes the flesh of Christ? Yeah. Uh, it's not a, it's not a symbol as a reminder of the covenant. Right. It, it's actually his flesh um, when you're taking this, which is a little, little creepy, let's yeah. be honest. Uh, and also with the blood that, the wine is actually like becomes the blood. Right. Um, and I, I, I'm pretty sure they're not the only, there's some Protestant denominations that carried that thought over. Hmm. Uh, I would have to, to look that up, but I, I think, I think there are some maybe branches within Lutheran. Uh, that was my first thought, but yep. Yep. it could be wrong. No. Yeah. No, there I'm, I'm like 90% sure there is a branch of the Lutheran denomination that that still holds to something along that lines. Um, maybe not quite as uh, vehemently, but uh, at least somewhat. So that, that was, anyway. So if that's a little Gnosticism, or at least Paul's throwing that in with the, the Gnostic beliefs, then... Uh, there's even a little uh there's a little modern day gnosticism mm-hmm. which segues us into what are uh I'm talking about our our modern day gnostic thoughts that creep in we talked about this in the sermon a little bit rob you brought up a couple examples uh uh patriot jesus mm-hmm. um was was a good one uh social justice warrior jesus uh the real the real life discipleship model jesus was my personal favorite. Um, I find that hilarious because it's so, it, like that one just hits a little closer to home. Right. Of how we could get so wrapped up in, well, we have the secret sauce. Right. And if you only knew what we knew, then you would see the world correctly. You would see Jesus correctly. Um, I just find that... When we were coming up with uh, coming up with those the week before, it became kind of fun. Um, initially, we'd asked that, and I couldn't think of any. I was like, ah, Gnostic, like modern-day Gnosticism, like drawing a blank here. Well, uh, I liked your idea of the prosperity gospel. Sure. Mm-hmm. Which um, the f- we're, we're saved from the physical world, right? And and you kind of relate it, not, not necessarily to the monetary side of things, but uh, when we have physical ailments and and we want this deliverance from these physical ailments, well, then if you just know, if you know the right prayer, if you know the right... Yeah. Right. If your faith is just the right knowledge faith, like... Right. Mm. Yeah. No, that was a good. Well, we started thinking of them, and they started coming out like it was a the the dike broke and the dam the levee broke, and then all the all the ideas came out. The uh, when the levee breaks, absolutely great song. Um, if only you knew that song, Jen. 
I don't know that song. Yeah. I feel like Led I'm Zeppelin. sitting over here trying to sneeze. Led Zeppelin. Oh. oh. That's, yeah, I'm not over here crying because I don't know the song. I'm <laughs> oh, she's crying. It's a sneeze. Oh, I I understand now. Okay. Yeah. <coughs> All right. Well, so um, yeah, the prosperity gospel that was one. Um, I think it's it's easy to uh, get wrapped up in whatever your um, tactfully do this. It's easy to get hyper excited, super stoked, uh, totally in a tizzy. I don't know how many of those I can come up with. Uh, Wrapped up in uh, about totally just stoked about your, maybe your pastor or your study that you're going through, mm-hmm. um, or some sort of teaching, you know, the, the, whether, you know, and it could be anything, it'd be Bible project, Bama, you know, Joel, Joel Osteen, whatever, you mm-hmm. know, Beth Moore, uh, Oh, who's the Brene Brown. Uh, don't, a... don't, don't touch Brene. Oh, sorry. My bad. I was going to say the same thing about Beth. Like, you just okay, yeah. No, definitely you can't. <laughs> you couldn't get. You absolutely couldn't. No way, no how. Start to see things in a gnostic sort of fashion because you've spent enough time with these people. That could happen to anyone except for Beth Moore and, and Brene Brown, apparently. <laughs> um, so that's a that's a the Stephen Furtick, you know, uh, Elevation, Judah Smith. I think we see this with a lot of megachurch. Mm. Uh, you get some fervor and some excitement, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any of those things I just listed. In fact, I listed off, with the exception of maybe like one of them, <laughs> Brene Brown. <laughs> okay, two of them. I was I was gonna mean Osteen, but sure, yeah, Brene Brown. <laughs> I enjoy her stuff. I just won't read her book, Jen. Leave me alone. I don't want to become Brene Brown Gnostic. Can't do it. Can't oh, do it. Oh, you're so holy. That's that's, that's my exactly deflection. Why that's you're exactly doing why. It. <laughs> uh, I'm perfect as I am. I don't need to read her books anyway. Uh, so what, you what, can get wrapped up in these people. What I, what I hear you saying is oh, no. that. That the teaching of, of of these people aren't necessarily Gnosticism. It's our approach to, and how sometimes we set these people up as the right knowledge. And if you only if you'd only listen to person X, then you would be saved. Exactly. Right. And right. you're trying to introduce them to this person instead of which which they probably wouldn't like. Sure. Right. They they would probably be like, uh, I you know I I even think of like John Calvin like uh, people that are hyper Calvinist. Um, Absolutely. Would John Calvin you know rebuke some Calvinist? Maybe. Uh, I would. I would. Money. My money's on it. Yeah. Same with our our Arminian. Arminian. Yeah. Arminius. Yeah. Armini. Arminius. There we go. Yeah, and I think it's a similar thing. Um, and and so yeah, and th- and that's where I'm like, hey, relational discipleship. Like, we are here to introduce people to Christ. We're not here to say that we got this figured out and no one else does. Yeah. Yep. Right. 
Absolutely. We're just going to use a. We're we're going to have a playbook. We're going to have a common language. Uh, we're going to talk about things in a certain way so that we can work together uh, for for what we believe God's calling us to. What God has called us to. But I I have a lot of love and respect for churches in this town and what they're doing and how they're doing it and and and. I think there's a lot to be learned from them as well. So we're not setting ourselves up as the standard. Mm-hmm. Christ is the standard. And and we may talk about him in a certain way just just because that makes things easier, but we just got to be careful about not setting ourselves up as the standard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, and I think that that's the that's the part to remember here is that it's it's not and and like I said I'm not calling out any of those any of those things I listed um like I enjoy most of those uh on a weekly basis even mm-hmm. but it's it's a slippery slope to that you can fall into really quick uh I've seen it I've I've done it I've I've witnessed it um it's very easy to fall into that trap. And I think that that kind of leads us into our, our, our closing thing here of uh, maybe the, the biggest thing for us to take away from at least this last week's sermon, but I think for the rest of the John series, like as we're going through these letters, a lot of these concepts are are very up in the cloud and they're heady. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's, it's kind of been a struggle as we've been coming up with the sermons to kind of tie them down mm-hmm. uh, and anchor them into, say, like our next steps, for example, uh, have been a little tricky to wrestle with, um, at least for myself, for sure. Um, but to to bring it down and to anchor that down, uh, I think a lot of what we're going to see in the next couple of weeks is these questions, like our care group questions this week, it brings us a lot of introspection and it's that's the thing to remember, um, is that it, we should be looking for these. We should be looking for the Gnosticism in ourselves. Right. right. It's not. I'm not looking for the Gnosticism in my neighbor. I'm not saying, oh, that person who listens to Brene Brown, that Jennifer Bartlett, just she just she's got that Beth Moore thing going on. Is that? I'm assuming, do you like Beth Moore? I really love Beth Okay, Moore. there's nothing wrong with that. Like, <laughs> I like a lot of what she says, too. I'm just using this as an example. Yeah, I get it. Uh, you know. The, she's crying again. Yeah, and she's, oh man, she just thought of Brene Brown, and she's crying. My goodness. <sighs> anyway, so the the point being, like, I'm not looking for that and if to point that knew. out. If, only, if I only knew. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. I guess it's ridiculous. Uh, but I should be looking at myself. And I I need to take this I need to take these lessons and I need to flip them around and ask some really hard introspective questions about where am I letting culture influence mm-hmm. me? Not looking at the church as a whole, you know where where's the Amer- the American church is falling apart at the seams because of Patriot Jesus or social justice Jesus or wh- whatever the case may be. Like no 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 no. If if that's all you get out of this sermon series. Then go back, return. Don't don't collect two hundred dollars. Go back and start over again. So that's not the point. Right. 
points. I think the point that we got to remember is that it's where do I see this in me? Yeah. And, and I, I don't take it anywhere else other than where do I see this in me? Right. Uh, and I think if you, if we approach if we approach these letters with that kind of outlook, it's going to be a whole lot more beneficial. Absolutely. So there you go. I think we've, uh, that's about all we Gnostic or we know, sis. That's all we know. That's all we know. That's all we know, sis and bro. Oh. Now I'm, I'm crying again. <laughs> and it's real tears. <laughs> oh, anyway. Well, you know, that, that's, you know, sis, that's all we, oh man, I'm going to beat this into the ground. So many possibilities to use the exact same joke over and over and over again. Uh, But we'll leave it at that. This has been another episode of Footnotes. Keep running, Mike. Glad to have you all with us, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Bye. Peace. You've been listening to Footnotes on the Mission Ridge podcast. For more information about Mission Ridge, please visit our website at missionridge.church. Thanks for tuning in. We hope the rest of your week is straight up hashtag blessed and that you'll join us again next week for more footnotes.